This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Total Lawn. Total Lawn provides scientifically engineered lawn care products to homeowners, hobbyists and lawn care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your lawn looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Lawn products for my customers and on my own lawn, and I think you should too. The team at Total Lawn put quality above anything else when they're producing their lawn feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely if ever used by their competitors to give you the best lawn possible. Try Total Lawn today at totallawn.co.uk and use code Care at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Lawn are so confident in their products that you can use them on your lawn and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totallawn.co.uk and transform your lawn. Hello everyone and welcome back to another J-Rox Lawn Care and Gardening Podcast. This one is episode number 35 and we are back with an interview as promised. So this one is interview with The Lawn Guy, aka Dave Warner. Uh, a lad that's been on Instagram and across YouTube for some time now, and it's great to finally get them on the podcast. So, Dave, how are you doing? Welcome. Hello, mate. I'm good. I'm good. Happy days. Nice to be on. Um, yeah, it's been a while coming, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess first I want to thank you for actually creating a British lawn care podcast. Um, I listen to loads of podcasts, loads of different content. Um, you know, from murder mysteries to sport to business to lawn care, but it's all American lawn care. And I guess I should have sorted it out myself, but I haven't, and you have, <laughs> so I'm thanking you for that. No, not a problem. It's always it's always good to hear that bit of feedback because I think I was much the same as you, and probably a lot of our listener, listeners out there now is that when you do sort of when although we're, we're gardening, we're, we're doing lawn care you almost want to hear from your own point of view, your own, you know, people on our side of yeah. the world. And there just isn't, I think there's going to be a few up and coming very soon, but to the point in the last sort of 12 months, there's just been nothing. So, um, no, yeah, and absolutely. It, not only is it great creating it, but it's great getting people like yourself on, because as I always say this, like being able to share experiences in your, well, yeah, your experiences throughout your business and throughout your long care journey, it, it's almost yeah. priceless because you know, nothing can put that time, you know, just through reading books or whatnot. So thank you very much for coming on and like being happy to be open about it all. No, no, that's, that's no problem. And I think that's also one of the things, um, as you say, you know, you can learn from books and things like that. I think that's one of the things that is, is really important at the moment that 95% of the books out there were written 60 odd years ago. Yeah. And due to global warming or whatever, you know, lawn care is different it's yeah. it's changed what 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 worked 50 60 years ago won't necessarily work today so and, and certainly since i've been doing this things like red thread for instance yeah that used to that used to be you know if you had red thread you just feed the lawn that was it fine but nowadays it's more of a climactic issue so there's there's more to it than that it's about drying the lawn out and, and how would you do that and how would you address it? And it, and it isn't just chuck some nitrogen down and, and, and it's solved. 
So a book, what a book would tell you to do and actually what you have to do are two different things. So, you know, as we understand it and as we move forwards, um, if we are able to kind of give those, those tips here and there, that is going to help the, the newbie more so than looking at a, an ancient book. No, I, I totally agree. And that's, that's what makes this sort of thing gold because without, you know, without having a platform where you can actually talk about that and you, you, you share that point of view, no one's ever the, the wiser because I think we're, you look at a book and you think that is the way to go. And like you say, that much has changed that you need to be talking to the guys that are, and I mean, we'll touch on this in a second, but that have been doing it for long enough to be able to, you know, guide everyone else, I think, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, because on that, can you just tell everyone that, that's listening now just a bit about yourself, like what your company is and how long you have been doing this for? Okay, so um, my name is Dave Warner and I am the lawn guy. <laughs> um, I, I was a greenkeeper uh, for 18 years. Um, I guess before then, I started, you know, I kind of was the kid in the neighbourhood who, who cut the lawn. Um, there was a, a church on the corner of our road it didn't have a graveyard weirdly the graveyard was about 50 50 meters up a hill right. but 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 totally separate owned by different people um so all i had to do was kind of the lawns in and around the actual church although one of them was like a vertical slope so <laughs> there was me 14 with a with a um a flymo um <laughs> an electric flymo plugged in uh, a cord on the like a rope on the flymo yeah and then i sort of i don't know what i must have used like cable ties to cable tie the um the cord to the rope that i was so i could swing it from side to side to try and mow the lawn i mean literally health and safety did not exist but yeah. i got 20 quid for mowing that lawn and i was 14 and i was happy so yeah, uh, i'm surprised you know um so they've all looked yeah, at it and they thought get the kid to do it yeah, I yeah. think so. I think so. But <laughs> I was willing to do it. And I guess that was the introduction, as well as uh, my granddad was a lawn fanatic. Um, is, so is that what interested you then? What actually got you into the steps into lawn care? Well, he weirdly, I got into greenkeeping through him, um, but it was all sort of through accident. So he grew up on a golf course. He never worked there, but he caddied there. He played golf. And so my, I actually wanted to be a footballer. That right. was my that was my plan, um, and then I suffered an injury, a quite a bad injury, and it turned out I was the first person ever. It's just my luck. I turned out to be the first person ever to do what I did. So I basically broke my pelvis in a particular way, um, where on the on that particular day I was thirteen, and I pulled my hamstring, and because I was on a growth spurt, <laughs> this is nothing to do with long care, but it's sort of mold how I get there. Yeah. Um, my hamstring pulled. And if I'd been an adult or on a different day, I would have torn or pulled my hamstring. On that particular day, my hamstring pulled and tore my pelvis off. Wow. But except for one strand of the hamstring, which then meant I could walk. And that's what foxed everyone. So I basically hobbled around until... Uh, till I was 16, I'd left school and then it was really weird. Like some days you'd wake up. If the atmosphere was damp, I literally couldn't walk. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain it to the teachers. I wasn't putting it on. It was just the way it was. Um, 
and then and then I fell on it and I guess because it was out of position it broke even more (laughs) so I then ended up going back into hospital when they were like right we need to solve this and get it sorted so I had the operation on my 17th birthday bearing in mind I broke it when I was 13 in that time I got into coaching and football coaching and all that kind of stuff Um, and that's what I wanted to do because I couldn't play football I coached football I coached my brother he's gone on to be a professional footballer Um, so and, and I coached at a pretty high level but back in the Back in the 90s, you couldn't do a coaching badge till you were 18. So, right. which was for, so, so what could I do? There was nothing really I could do. And then, and then I was convalescing. Um, and basically, because I'd broken my hip, I couldn't sit. So I had to stay straight. So I either had to lie down or stand up, which meant for all my physio, I had to go in the back of an ambulance um, for months. And um, all my friends are moving on with their lives and they're going, you know, they're, they're thinking about what unis they're going to go to and stuff like that. And then eventually just before my 18th birthday, I guess I was back on my feet and, and I didn't know what to do. Didn't know like all my friends from college were sort of moving on and not like I really went to college. I went for about two weeks before I fell over. (laughs) Um, And uh, the, the local golf course, uh, which was high tech golf club, they had six members of staff, but they had just um, they just got the qualifier for the British Open, which was going to be, I think they were going to have it for six or seven years. So because of that, they were going to take on another full-time member of staff. This is where my granddad comes in. So my granddad's best mate was a member of Heinte Golf Club, and he'd heard about this. And I guess they'd had a discussion, you know, and he would ask after me and he'd say, yeah. yeah, he's sort of back on his feet now, but doesn't really know what he's going to do. And he'd said, oh, well, there's a job going. So I phoned up and I was really just phoning up to see if the job was available. Um, that was it. Two weeks later, I was working there and I was there for 18 years. Wow. So it wasn't even the fact that you played golf and you've been surrounded by it. It was more of just like a funnel of events, let's put it, that sort yeah, of took you into yeah, that yeah, side yeah. of the world. I, I couldn't do my coaching badges. I was too young to do my coaching badges. I didn't have any money because I'd spent a year in bed. So <laughs> I didn't have a car. Most of, these, most of these coaching courses are in the evening. So I had no way of getting to them. Um, so then obviously greenkeeping, you start really early. And at the time we didn't live near the golf club. So, <laughs> so I ended up moving during the week, living with some friends basically in a glorified attic i should say because you had to start at six in the morning so there's no public there's no as i say i haven't got a car at this stage i haven't got any money um but i needed to do something and this this it felt right i guess i kind of enjoyed it um and i basically slept for about three months no sorry six months in these in this family's attic um until a friend I worked with, he passed his test. And then I was able to get a lift with him until sort of situation changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was, it was funny old days, but, you know, I had no, no want to be a greenkeeper. I just kind of, it just happened. Um, and then what happened was because, you know, you, you start early, finish early, I was able to then do my coaching badges, get into coaching football, um, because of course the academies 
obviously they run after school anyway. So then I was able to get into coaching academy football. Um, my evenings were spent coaching semi-professional um, and, and professional players on an individual basis as well. So it kind of, it went hand in hand. Um, and then I guess I'd sort of gone as far as I could in football. And, and um, I guess that's where the lawn care then came into it. So with having such a passion for football, by the sounds of it, you know, your whole life, and mm. these funnel events taking you through the greenkeeper um, side of route as well for your employment, did it ever cross your mind to sort of jump ship from being a greenkeeper to working in like sports turf, you know, the football side of life? Um, I think the people who I was surrounded by, there's quite, I think there's a bit of snobbery in it. And I think that if you're a greenkeeper, you see yourself as the best, right. you know, like right. a, 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 a guy on a football pitch cuts the grass at X, uh, that particular height. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Rugby field, it's whatever height it is. Whereas greenkeepers, there's five or six different heights of cut. Um, and I, I don't know, I think it's, I was led to believe that, you know, that was the, that was the top of, of all the, of all the greenkeeping groundsman jobs. Greenkeeper was the pinnacle. Yeah. Um, and I think also the hours worked for me with my yeah. coaching career. So, um, and also taking my, my brother through the academy um, football, it worked for me that he, he got out of school as I finished work. So then I could get him up to London to the clubs that he was playing for um, so that he could do his training and stuff like that. So I guess it just, it just kind of worked at the time. Yeah, definitely. So, so I'm guessing it was a pretty, an easy transition then from the greenkeeping side of life into your domestic sort of, or even commercial as well, lawn care. Well, was that an easy yeah. side step? Or? So I kind of got to a point where I needed more money yeah. ultimately. And I, I wanted to create a mortgage, like a deposit for a mortgage. That's what I wanted to do. And I kind of had this four hour window and I was like, what can I do? And actually, again, going back to sort of like how I became a, a greenkeeper, I, I actually tried to retrain in a load of different jobs. Um, and every time I tried, either the course fell through because there wasn't enough people on it or, or various different reasons. So I was going to completely retrain, leave greenkeeping behind and do something else. But it just wasn't happening for me yeah. for whatever reason. So I was like, what am I going to do? And then I don't know why it just went, just do lawn care. I'd, I'd done the odd bit of gardening here and there, but I'm not a gardener. I don't know yeah. flowers. Yeah. And, and you'd get members, you know, kind of like, oh, can you come around and sort my garden out? Yeah. Or sort yeah. my lawn out is what they would say. Then you'd yeah. get there and they'd go, oh, well, the wife loves mowing the lawn. So leave that. If you can just sort this bed <laughs> out. And, it's just like, and you just end up pulling stinging nettles out or something, just going, what am I doing? I've got no idea. You know, you're pruning yeah. things that, I've never pruned in my life. I don't even know whether they just needed cutting back. But yeah, um, I, I was there thinking they wanted, you know, advice and help with their lawn. But, um, you know, it is what it is. So I was like, right, OK, I'm going to do lawn care and I need to make this really, really obvious that no one invites me around to sort out a flower bed. So I was like, <laughs> right, the lawn guy. My logo ah. is going to have a guy mowing lawns. It's I'm going to make this as as, as, as easy as I can for people to understand what I do. Yeah. And, and that was the start of it, really. I gave myself 18 months to create a deposit, to work as hard as I possibly could. Um, I had four hours 
you know, a four hour window plus the weekends to just do what I could. And uh, that was that was the start of it. It's interesting you say that because on my side of things, it and it kind of actually watches it matches what you're saying there is as soon as you tip up to do sort of anything in the garden, mm. the customer can almost think or your client, whatever else that you then do everything. Like, for example, yeah. I see hard landscaping completely different to soft landscaping. You know, I, I know guys mix it, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. But, you know, some people just focus on patios and fences. Some guys just do flowers and lawns, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, you know, often people think that it is just, if you do one, then you must be able to do all the rest of it. And, yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, you're, you're right. You've got to be very specific when you're putting out your services or especially when you're thinking about putting out your services what you're going to and you know i always remind my clients when i tip up especially to a new property and you know they won't long care primarily but then they'll say exactly what you're saying there we've got these borders over here we've got a little rose garden down here and i'll tell them straight up like just so you're aware you know i know the basics of all these tasks because quite frankly, I've got a, a basic interest in it anyway. But I'll always tell them, just so you're aware, I'm not a horticulturist. And mm. um, I, th- I think, yeah, you've got to be specific with it. For anyone that's listening now and they're thinking, oh, I love doing lawns, like you will be approached by people wanting fences done, the beds yeah. turned, you know, whatever else. So I think it just shows that even you've almost got to be, as you're saying, straight down the middle and being like, my name is the lawn guy. This is my logo. You know, all of that comes into yeah. account, doesn't it? I mean, and that's the other thing. I mean, maybe on some golf courses, they have flower areas and beds. I mean, on our golf course, it was a heathland. So we worked with grass or heather. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> um, you know, the, I do offer other services, but I don't advertise those services because what I can then do is inevitably you get asked, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Yeah. And if you look at it and you go, I don't fancy that, you go, no, I'm the lawn guy. I do lawns. But yeah. actually... You can look at it and go, oh, actually, that hedge, it's fine. They've got somewhere to dump the, the waste. Do you know what? I can do that. And I'll inevitably, you get you, inevitably you get asked to do loads of other random stuff. And, and my answer is always the same. You know, if I don't want to do it, obviously, I just say no. But if I can or, you know, it's something I could do, then I'd say, yes, I can do it. If you can wait for me to do it on my terms when I've got a bit of time, normally during the winter, um, then I'd be happy to do it then inevitably they normally wait for you because they know yeah. you they trust you you've got the keys or the key fob to get in whatever yeah. it may be um you know but then i'll say if you want it done get it done now if you can wait then you know then wait and inevitably as i say they normally wait and that that's an excellent point as well i think because it just shows if you create that you know a solid connection between you and your client you know you don't give off the vibe that you're just there to could the grass chuck down a bit of feed and then do one as quick as you physically can? You know, if you build a relationship around that service, then yeah. the trust does go into other things. And, you know, you might not do hedges all the time or whatnot, but let's say you're having a, a quiet, you know, autumn transition into winter, mm. you know, and, and then if three customers come up and say, can you do my hedges? You know, that can get you past, you know, that week or, you know, a couple of weeks. Well, that, well, that was, yeah, exactly. And I mean, that was one of the things I, um, I, I didn't really do hedges, um, but, but in 2018, when we had that first really hot summer of, yeah. you know, in, 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 in recent years, you got to August 
all the lawns were burnt up. You're not putting feed down. You're not mowing. You're not doing anything. It's like, well, what, what can I do? And it's, well, I can do some hedges, actually. And um, that's kind of, so for the, since 2018, once I get to August, and some, maybe some of the weeklies go to fortnightly mowing, that's where I'll do some hedging. But what yeah. actually I found this year, because it just didn't stop raining, is that every time I turned up to these clients' lawns, they had to be cut because yeah. if I left them go, you know, another week, they'd be completely out of control. Yeah. So I've actually spent this winter doing those hedges because I just didn't have time in August to do them. Um, so, so how you know, do you, how, sorry, how, how do you handle yeah. that situation? And when, when you're turning up in, let's say you're on a, a weekly fortnightly plan, whatever it might be, or you've yeah. hit your end date, let's call it, um, with mm-hmm. your client of, you know, when you're going to stop mowing, but then the weather, you know, isn't keeping that plan on track. You know, it is still going, you know, but anywhere between yeah. two and three inches every week and it needs cut. How do you go by that conversation? I think what it is, is I try to coach all my clients from day one as to, you know, what, what it is I'm trying to achieve, what I'm trying to do. And yeah. actually they can see that the grass was long yeah and it's like well what do you want do you want do you want this or do you want that do you want the grass really really long or do you want the you know can you wait for the hedges to be cut when when i've got time yeah and and they you know i am a lawn care i'm a lawn care guy first and foremost and i will always say that and i will always push that the other stuff is extra if they've got a real problem with it like i say when people ask me can you do this? Can you do that? And I'll say, yes, can you wait? Or if you need it done now, you know, I'll happily recommend someone. Yeah. But because you work on the relationships, inevitably they're happy to wait. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that you, that you go by this because this goes down into so many subcategories and like fallouts from like leaving lawns. And I'm sure, sure you'll probably agree with this. Like the contrast between, the clients trusting you enough and just believing every word that you're saying, because like you say, mm. you've, you've taught them since day one, you've, you've built that trust that you're not just trying to take them for the money or whatever it might be that, you know, if we, you want to skip this visit because you, you don't think that it needs it, but in yeah. another two weeks time, let's say it's a fortnightly customer. It is not like a 40 minute job anymore. It's now a mm. 70, 80 minute job because you know, the conditions we're in and yeah, so not only does it change your time, but it's also going to then change your price, probably. Otherwise, you're the only person losing out in that situation. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I th- I th- it creates a lot of problems. And I think what you said there about educating your clients from day one, I think is probably one of the key takeaways that people take from this on the business side of things. Because if yeah, you do I it- think, but, but I think it's not just about the lawns. It's about everything. So for instance, I had a client to be honest, a bit of an idiot, but it was, it was early days of me being full-time and it kind of filled a, it filled a, you know, a couple hours a week. Yeah. And I sent the invoice to him and, and then I went back the following week and I said, Oh, did you, did you get the invoice? You know, it came through all all right. And I think it was still within the sort of the set days for him to pay it, which is seven days I give. Um, And he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, what I like to do, is I like to basically wait until I've got a nice pile and then I can sit down and um and then I can just do them all at the same time. Right. And I and I, I just I was just like, well, yeah, I mean that's great. But if 
if one of those guys is relying on that invoice to be paid, you could be putting him out of business with that attitude. Yeah. It just takes and, a few, doesn't it? Especially yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. Of hours a week. And I was, I, 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 I couldn't believe it. I mean, but I, I explained it to him. I explained because these people, they're so wealthy. He doesn't realize, does he? Because if one of one of his guys doesn't pay him, um, it's not the end of the world. If you've got yeah. a million in the bank and you don't get put, you know, you don't get paid that contract, it's not probably going to ruin you, is it? You know, yeah. but but some of some of these guys out here doing lawn care and gardening and stuff, they live by their paycheck. Yeah. Um, so anyway, after we'd had our discussion, my paycheck, my, my, my paycheck was paid and um, they were always paid on the day after that. But so, yeah, it comes down to educating um, about the law, but also how you want your, you know, your business to be run. And yeah. uh, it, I think it, it's important to have conversations. Yeah. And like, especially what you're saying there, like the fact that you had that conversation, like you nipped it in the bud, so to speak, straight away. Yeah, exactly. That's you know, it. Um, whereas if you don't and it becomes common practice for that to just be OK, it almost yeah. creates a bigger problem when they're like, well, we've been doing this for months. What's your problem yeah. now? You know, um, you know, I, I always say turn nerves into confidence. And sometimes it's not the easiest thing to do, especially if it's not natural to you to be the outgoing person or, you know, um, to pave your own way all the time. It, it's hard mm. having them, them conversations and, you know, you're not giving them wrong or anything, but to be so direct and be like, well, actually this is, this isn't how I run my business. I understand what you're yeah. saying, but that isn't how it works. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there's a way in which you deliver it, isn't yeah, it? You don't just absolutely. go in there and go, oi, sort it out. Um, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> there's a way in which you deliver it. And and weirdly, I this strange client, I'd, I'd again, I wouldn't say argument, but I just had an argument with his wife just before we'd got to that point as well, where I knocked on the door. I got there, gates open. because so I drive in, knock on the door. She looks at me. She looks be- be- through me. <laughs> then looks back at me, then looks again, comes back. And then she goes, you're not supposed to force the gate open. You just ring the doorbell. <laughs> and I was like, the, the gate was open. I just drove in. And then she went, oh, son must have left it open then and walked off. <laughs> not even an apology. So I'm, or... I'm already thinking you guys are nutters. Yeah. Um, and then I found the, gr- <laughs> I'm, I'm cleaning the lead. I'm doing it as like an autumn clear up or whatever. And then I found a load of gravestones, which I can only presume is their family. Oh, wow. I mean, how, how you sell that house, I've got no idea. You Absolutely know. not. Oh, yeah. don't, don't, worry, don't worry the family, but we'll, uh, we'll come back once a year to put some flowers down. But anyway, yeah. No so they were, they, they, as I say, it was my first year being solo and it, it plugged a gap. Yeah. But um, I, I did not contact them in the springtime for, uh, to carry on the service. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but but it just shows the stuff that you learn in the first year is crucial, isn't it? Like it really does it you or even then you need to let it open your eyes because the the people whatever happens in your first year, that's when you start looking at your crossroads, don't you? And you start going, now nah, that mm. this path was better, you know. Then people over there that was, you know, that didn't work out well. I lost money doing it that way, you know, and it really does show you need to keep your wits about you, not just not just go through the motions of like ticking off each job, but actually like I'm a sucker for data. So yeah, whenever I've yeah. done certain types of jobs or especially my first year, the timings of every single job all went on to a spreadsheet because I was, um, yeah. I was so involved with knowing how long certain tasks took 
and how hard mm-hmm. they were, I would rate them like on you know yeah, one absolutely. one or five how hard it was and how long right. it took me. And then when it would come mm-hmm. to another job, it helped me quote in them early days going, oh well that's like a three, so therefore I think it's going to take me this long. Um, yeah, but yeah, people need to do that. They need to look at it and just go right. This is the problems, and this is how I fix it. Going off my experience, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's and, it. And it, and it's key. So when you, when you actually first started going into lawn care, and you, obviously you've yeah. done your four hours and you've done your bit in the evening, was there was that much of a problem going between the two jobs, or like what was the hardest thing about uh, it? You thought no, it was fine. It was fine. Um, so originally, when I started, um, I was. I was living in Hazelmere, which is, so this is all Southeast. So Hazelmere's um, right on the border for anyone who's trying to imagine it of Surrey, Sussex and Hampshire, literally smack bang on where the three counties meet. Right. Um, and, and that's where the golf course was uh, in Hindhead, which is sort of part of Hazelmere, I suppose. Yeah. And then my girlfriend, as she was at the time, she lived in Camberley. So when I first started, I was, the lawn guy covering Hazelmere and Camberley because I kind of divided my time up between Hazelmere and Camberley. It made sense at the time. Um, but what I, what, the biggest sort of issue I found straight away is that Camberley's probably 45 minutes away. Yeah. So of that four hour window, you know, you lost 45 minutes to travel and then obviously a bit of faffing and stuff like that, you know, once you've got there. So actually you were losing an, an hour of that four hour window straight away. Yeah. So I pretty, Although Camberley, to be fair, was I was getting more clients from them, I wasn't getting the time to do them. So I, I, I dropped the Camberley bit straight away. So this was 2014. Uh, I dropped the Camberley bit straight away and just concentrated on Hazelmere so I could leave the golf club and I could be on a client's property within 10 minutes um, yeah. to give me like the maximum time. And, and and it worked. It worked well. And and it built and it built. and And then... I, uh, I was only ever doing it to create a deposit and then thinking, well, actually, I might hang on to some of these as a bit of sort of pocket money and, and, and stuff like that. But uh, I was ta- once I decided that I was going full time. So what I was going to do was uh, get the deposit, move into the house, work out what my bills were. Get two or th- you know, sorry, three, three to six months in savings. And then and then go full time because yeah. it, it it was it was pretty apparent straight away that I needed to leave the golf club and do lawn care full time. But the problem was, is I was trying to get a house to get a mortgage. You need if you're you know, part time. Sorry, if, if you're um, self-employed, as it was then, you needed two years of books. But obviously they had to be good books. Yeah. I was working part time. So they were only going to be part time books or or if I did go full time, they were going to be part-time slowly building up so it made more sense to stay um get the deposit invest in the house uh, or sorry invest in the company obviously as well as the house you know for renovations things like that um and then obviously get that buffer that buffer that if i did on the first day of being full-time break my leg (laughs) i then knew that i had three to six months to uh sort something out yeah so I got to that sort of time and it be, um, and and then once I did that, it was kind of September, October time. I thought, well, actually, what's the point of leaving the golf club now? And then just, you know, sitting at home during the winter. 
so I stayed on and then, um, you know, I, I, I let the golf club know what my plans were. I gave them way more notice than what I had to. But, you know, I'd been there 18 years. They'd been good to me. So I wanted to be good to them as well. Yeah. Um, so I gave them double the amount of time they needed to, to kind of get a replacement. And, and then I left, uh, I think it was like the first week of March or something. So going left to go straight into the, the lawn care season, which worked out perfect. So because you're predominantly lawn care, what, what is your main go-to over winter? Do you take a bit of time off? Do you, do you focus well, on other things? Well, this is, this is, I guess, this is the, as I said to you about the, you know, the books suggesting what you should be doing and things like that. Yeah. The grass still grows in December, right? I mean, yeah. you're in Scotland, I'm down in the south, so. Um, I mean, and even then, I, I've, I've been having to cut my own lawn every four to six weeks. During yeah, this, so during this sort I of think period. traditionally back in the day, you know, like, guys lawn care lawn lawn mowing guys would be from april till uh october yeah and that would that would be them so basically my fortnightlies will stay fortnightly right up till the end of november um my weeklies um some years have gone fortnightly from um through november but actually in the last two years they've they've stayed weekly all right i've been going in and you know the the way i sort of again it goes back to it goes back to sort of education and stuff like that so obviously these clients are spending a lot of money on having me in weekly striping their lawns up feeding their lawns scarifying aeration and all this and then you know i explain that actually but if you leave leaves all over your lawn you're not gonna have a lawn left by the come the springtime so yeah. so what I do is I basically just kind of carry on mowing. I'm not necessarily mowing that much grass, but what I am doing is I'm hoovering the lawns up, picking up all the leaves. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you hoover up the leaves with the mower, you're chopping them up. So you're going to get more into your compost bins. It's going to be better for making mulch if that's what they do. Yeah. Um, and then obviously then it gets to the point when, you know, the leaves really kind of come down and... And then I might not mow. I might just concentrate purely on leaves. But that, yeah, yeah. that will basically take me, you know, up until kind of December. Then I've got sort of standalone leaf clearance jobs. And then what I try to do is because we don't have white Christmases anymore. What I'll try to do is the last full week before Christmas, um, I'll try and visit all my clients and, you know, to give them a final kind of clear up. The, the oaks never drop their leaves till December anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, pick up any, just get final tidy up, stripe the lawns. I also think, you know, all right, maybe not in COVID times, but before then people have guests around. If they're, if you've got guests and friends coming around and they see a nice striped lawn during the winter, that might stand out a bit more. They might inquire as to, oh, cut your lawn or, you know, who's cut yeah, your lawn yeah. and that, it, it might lead to something, who knows? Yeah. So um you know and, and it just it keeps your face in with them doesn't it you know i think you outside out of mind so, yeah definitely uh, and i think you know you touched on you know we spoke about this before as well about the striped lawns with it being a big thing over here and i think it's just going to get increasingly bigger quite honestly people investing in roller mowers or wanting a striped finish on the lawn um it could be a service within itself rightly enough anyway going through the mm. winter period is that i mean i've even i've done it a lot this year and i've seen more people than ever before taking the brush to the lawn yeah. You know? yeah yeah so, yeah so for example i haven't been able to put the roller 
on either my loan or some of my clients just because of how wet it gets in certain areas. If I'd done mm-hmm. so, it would simply tear it up. But what you can do is yeah. obviously take the brush, whatever it might be, and still stripe up loans. And mm-hmm. people still want that sort of finish without, you know, through these periods. Because at the end of the day, yeah. yes, you might not be chilling in your garden, but like you say, it's it's getting milder. It, you know, we're not getting the white Christmases anymore. There still is an appeal to have nicer gardens throughout, you know, almost 12 months of the year, but obviously the few weeks where it does come down. Um, mm. But no, that's interesting to hear that you, you sort of, you pack out a lot with the leaf clear ups. It shows that it's good to have more than one service, you yeah. know, regardless what that might be. You know, you, you might do fencing in the winter or power washing in the winter. Yeah. So that's, you know, you know so that's kind of, so that kind of, that takes me up till Christmas. Then yeah. I'll have a couple of weeks off over Christmas. Then January's generally in the office, just sort of getting paperwork or all the stuff that you just don't have time for when you're going flat out. Yeah. Um, opportunity to do that. Um, and then uh, obviously your surfacing of machinery, things like that. But then also, as I said, those jobs that I've said I could do, but it would be during the winter. That's when I would do those jobs. Yeah. And then one, once you get to February, February, you know, I'll get back out, revisit all the lawns. If I, if I mow them, then I'll give them a little tidy up mow. You know, the, the rest of the oak leaves would have been down. So yeah. just get those cleared up. Then you're looking at your iron treatments. Um, and then you're, and, and, and then if I've got any turfing jobs sort of in and around through sort of January, February, that sort of time, um, before the, the season really kicks in. Yeah. So then you're back to it. It really does blend because, you know, I almost hear, hate hearing it. And it is when, I mean, especially when I, when I ended this career, people do mention, oh, so it is just seasonal. And I hate that word, you know, mm. I hate when people describe lawn care and just gone as, as a whole it's seasonal work and it it makes me feel like I'm a holiday rep or something and you know there's nothing wrong with that yeah but uh it's what you're saying it goes back to the educational about the books that sort of side of thing of people being you know how everything was grown 40 to 60 years ago it's not how it is anymore and even cutting grass you know it is it isn't just basics and like you know you push them over I've seen people cut grass horrifically and I'm talking like doing terrible jobs and yeah. you know it's it's just not as simple as what maybe spectators might think and it just shows that if you do have enough knowledge as you do obviously in the matter there's a lot of different directions you can push lawn care um as a widespread you know the treatments the leaf clear-ups mm-hmm. because in turn that helps the grass you know all this sort of stuff there's so many stems that the more educated you are in the matter and that you educate clients the better it is for you and your business absolutely Absolutely, yeah. you know, and and you get that trust. Yeah, and no, then, definitely. And that lead, that can lead on to other things. So obviously you've got quite a lot of gardens on under, under your card. What sort mm-hmm. of machinery are you using? I mean, we've, we've seen, well, we yeah, spoke so, online previously, but if you can just tell everyone what you're using. So Hazelmere is kind of a bit of an odd area. I have some very, very big lawns, but you have to go through a garden gate to get in them. Right. And so, <laughs> so the ride on mower just kind of isn't an option too much on my, I, I have three lawns where, or three clients who have a ride on mower, which is theirs and, and I use. Yeah. And to be honest, 
I think they're the only lawns that I could use a ride on, on if that makes sense. And what rough um, sizes are we we talking here for the for them three? Uh, in the region of massive. So <laughs> I would say I would say the front the front lawns are six or seven hundred square meters right normally i would do that with the hater or the steel mower or whatever it is and then the back gardens are probably two-thirds bigger i would say okay well so you know uh pretty big um thousands yeah 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 absolutely but then i've got some which are you know 1200 I messaged you about those the other day, 1,200 square metres, um, but it's a garden gate. So you've, you can get away where you can get a 50, you can get a um, time master through there, but you're yeah. obviously not going to get the results and the finish that the, uh, a, a normal roller mower, like a hater or a steel or wee bang or whatever it is, uh, would give you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I think to answer your question, you asked what machinery I use. Um, <laughs> and I guess Hater was the first mower I used. And the reason for that was because I spoke, so this is before, this is before we bang, this is before steel. Um, and we had two mechanics at work, but both independent. And I said to, and basically in those days, it was, you're either a Honda or a Hater man. Yeah. And I said to them, you know, what, what should I get? And they both said, they'll both go wrong, but a Hater's cheaper to fix. <laughs> and I was like, fine, fine. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, so I kind of went down the road of hater. Um, and then I obviously did some work with steel, got the, the steel mower, uh, used that. That's good. Um, kind of, and what I've kind of come to the, the conclusion is that there is no perfect mower out there. Yeah. Um, they've all got good features. They've all got bad features. Um, and I looked recently into Hondas. Um, okay. I, uh what's the ones which are basically hondas uh you've got lawn fly and it's cobra isn't it cobra. yes i got an amazing price on a cobra mower it's brand new and then i got there and he showed me this other cobra and he had been used for a demo and he said i reckon it's mown about 20 feet of grass well and, and he was willing to do me a discount on it now anyone who's got a honda mower will know they are massively long. And I was like, I'll take it, I'll take it. But the reason why I was there is because I kind of knew this. Right. It didn't fit, it didn't fit in the van. Oh, nowhere. What van is it you using? So I use a Vivaro. So I so my setup is so when on my mowing days, it's all about being efficient. It's about yeah. getting to the lawn and just Get whatever mower it is you need, get it out, get the lawn, the lawn mown, get the mower in and then go. So yeah. I have two mowers which come out the side door. Um, and that's normally a 56 and a 41. And then I will have the Time Master in the back. Yeah. And, and it works perfectly. So I can grab whichever mower it is I need and I don't have to move other mowers around. Yeah. So if I was to go with a Honda, I'd have to put it through the back door and I would either have to push it right the way in and then have everything behind it, which would then have to come out to get it out. Or I would have to like push it up the ramp backwards. Right. Which just oh, okay. So the handles seemed, go over. 
really weird. Yeah. So I was just like, that is just not going to work, is it? Um, oh, no way. Because that's and, one and thing some I... People... Sorry. Yeah, go. No, 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 no. I was going to say, that's one thing I thought about with the Wii Bang is that it is actually very, or it feels very long. I don't know what it's like in comparison to, to other moors, but when you're, when you're moving it, especially like up steps or whatnot, mm. you know, you, you then notice all oh, these handles going well, forever. I, I think it's, you know, for the heavy, I guess the thing is because it's heavy, the longer the handles, that, that balances it. Yeah. So you can pop a wheelie and manoeuvre it. So, so it makes sense why it's longer, but it's, just it's too long for, for that. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me, which was I was gutted because it was such a good price. <laughs> but, you know, uh, and, and that was the thing. And so actually when I was thinking, well, what mower should I get? I was thinking about because Toro do the uh, Pro Stripe, is it? Yeah. So I actually, I, I don't live too far away from Greg Francis. So I went over there and actually put his in my van just to see. And yeah. it and it fitted, so I was like, okay, so the Toro fits the Hater because he did say that the Toro is slightly longer than yeah. the Hater, but it's only it's only marginal. I mean, it fits in the van. The Steel fits in the van. The Steel Seven Hundred that fits in the van. It seems as though they all fit in, except for the Hondas. Oh in, well, in the way that I have it on. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I mean, maybe people are listening again. We'll get a bigger van. <laughs> Uh, to get a bigger van, no, to get a bigger van, I'd need a bigger drive. Um, yeah. Currently, I've got a, a trailer as well, which I don't use that much. But if, if ever I'm using it currently, I can get my van and the trailer on the drive just. And so what but is it I you normally to... have the trailer for then? Is that sort um, of your leaf jobs or? Yeah. So if I'm doing a big lawn care job, so I, I, did, I did a few videos about this massive lawn care job I did um, in March last year. Yeah. So obviously you've got your machinery, but you've also got bags and bags of fertilizer and grass seed. Well, that needs to stay dry. So that has to be in the van. Yeah. But if that's in the van, then a scarifier or an aerator or whatever it is has to be outside. So <laughs> that's when it would go on the trailer. Or if I'm doing some top dressing, then, you know, often I'd put soil in the back. Um, you know, because it's kind of easy access and it gets it in there, and and uh, so yeah, so normally sort of soil or you know um, machinery if the van's full of other stuff. Yeah, and I think that just shows that there's one thing that's for certain, and that's that there's so many ways to to run this type of business, and you know what what you have then created to be, you know, all the puzzle uh, pieces of the puzzle fitting mm. tightly that's because of the way that you run your business and that you go by organizing everything. You know, it's not to say yeah. that, you know, anyone that's looking at maybe starting this sort of line of work, don't just look in one place and go, Oh, that, that must be what I've got to do. There's yeah. an element of seeing what a lot of people do and then trying a bit yourself and going, right. What, you know, what is actually going to work for me? Um, well, I think, you know, you said to me when we spoke, spoken in the past about ride on mowers. Yeah. Well, I think the first question before you think, you know, Will I make money from this? Is this going to be profitable? Can I afford one? Where are you going to keep it and how are you going to transport it? Should be your main questions. Yeah. And once you've once you've asked yourself that and you've solved that problem, then you can think about actually, is this going to make me money or not? See, I'm terrible with it. And, and this is a thing. I mean, in that same conversation, just so everyone's aware, we're, we're speaking about ride on mowers because of a, a property that I've recently taken on that was 1300 meters. 
uh, squared and we were just having this conversation and you are throwing these sort of questions at me and I think when I look into these um, I'm a very self-justifier you know I can justify mm -hmm. the reason why I should spend £2,000 or whatever else on a ride on Lomar and that would be a cheap second hand one really but um, yeah. in the way I look at it and this is what I'm building to is <laughs> I was just thinking I need something that fits in the van. That that's obvious. Um, at the moment, yeah. I'm really not in a place where I can get a trailer. So it would have to be something that's either, like you know, you've seen them smaller Tasias, Tasias, yeah, yeah. You can get them a 32 inch, as well as you know, standard mowers and all the rest of it can all fit in vans. But where to keep it was this main thing because you can't just keep it in your van all the time because it's going to get used. In my case three to five percent of the time yeah know? and it's going to take up your van as well so you're not going to get yeah. the mowers in there and everything else that you may possibly need yeah so i mean i was literally at the point where i was like i will park that underneath the living room window and i'll put a top hold on it that's where mm. i'll live and that yeah in hindsight that is not viable like you know that isn't a decision that i'm actually going to go through with because you know it isn't actually that beneficial but you know that you really have to look into, like you say, it isn't just if it's going to make you money because that's all well and great. No. But is there somewhere for it to go? And are you actually going to, you know, it's all right taking on one of these jobs and it might earn you 200 quid, let's say, every two weeks. But over a year, it's not that much money if you take on a lot of smaller jobs with the kit that you've got. You're probably going to earn much to the same amount, you know? Yeah. It's not that much more profitable. I think if you've got a, a range of them then it would be okay but you really do need to look at sort of every aspect of that decision yeah i mean and that's fine you know you can you can obviously specifically advertise for for those bigger lawns and stuff and you can make it work i've got no doubt that anyone who's got a ride on can make it work but it's 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 the real simple basic things that you've got to get in place first before you can even think about going down that that kind of road and i yeah. think also you know is how you said you kept it outside your window um or, or, you, or you would <laughs> you would do, uh, yeah. i tell you still i tell you a story now about um some clients of mine they had a ride on stolen by some kids and these kids drove it down the road across a field down oh, another yeah. road and inevitably it ran out of fuel they crashed it whatever the police <laughs> found it they impounded it as they would do yeah now the people who who owned it didn't have a trailer or a van or something because of course i guess when they were bought it it just turned up on the back of a lorry and that was it and you know five it's years a, has gone past yeah so they had to pay for like a salvager um you know a lorry to go and collect it and bring it back and um and they actually had to you know pay for that because because they obviously you know you can't take it out of the police pound and then just drive it down the road no yeah um, definitely so it's, uh, yeah, security, maybe outside the front window is probably not the best place not for it. Not the best it. idea. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, absolutely right there. And it, I mean, that's another whole topic on itself is security of kit. Yeah, and, of course. And, you know, and how you go by that. But you, you are absolutely right in what you're saying. Um, I'm, I'm now reminded that I'm in the countryside up here and nothing would happen. But you are very mm. right having something like that, you know, that they are a lot easier to take away. So on anyone that has been listening to that, this conversation to this point, do not put outside your living room window because that is probably not the best best decision. Um, my next question for you is what is some of your best tips for pricing up work? Obviously, you've got quite a range of different gardens of different sizes. Do you yeah. have, um, is it just experience how you base your prices or so you know, I how do you go track, by it? So 
I'll give you an example of when I first started. So when I first started, I had no idea. Where do you, where do you start? I don't know. So I yeah. just was like, right, I will track everything. So I will basically assert what I call key time. So as soon as I get to the property and I turn the key off, I'll write that down. Right. I'll then unload the van, do what I need to do. Right. Going to pull the cord. You know, um, I'm going to start the engine and we're going to mow. I'm going to write that time down. I'm then going to mow. I'm going to write that time down. And then I'm going to record the next key time of when I start the engine. Right. And what, so the example I'm going to give you is I cut my wife's parents' lawn and I cut my best mate's lawn. I also measured the lawns. And although they were different shapes, I worked out that they were exactly the same size. And when I say they were different shapes, they weren't that vastly different. One of them took me 10 minutes. One of them took me, I'm talking key time now. One yeah. of them was literally 10 minutes. One of them was 40. Right. Well. And the reason why is because at my best mate's house, I literally just pulled up, got the van out right near the lawn, mowed it, put it back in, job done. My pet, my, um, my in-laws, I suppose they are now, aren't they? Um, <laughs> I had to get, I don't know, half a dozen wheelie bins out the the summit you know which was down the alleyway so there was a load of crap from something else which needed pulling out um you know the uh, the bottle bin had to come out so then there was i was like fighting with a hose pipe um <laughs> once i you know then once I'm, I'm absolutely knackered i haven't even cut the lawn yet yeah so yeah. then anyway then i cut the lawn of course everything's got to go back in now and all the rest of it um and then i look you know I learned a valuable lesson that day that actually it's not about the size of the lawn, it's access and how you get in is a big part of it. Um, So, so that was kind of what I did and that taught me I need to track everything. So, so what I'll also do is four times a year. So spring, summer, autumn, winter is I'll do this. What I kind of explained about mowing time, key time. Um, I'll try and track how much fuel I've used and then how much I'm charging, yeah. how much I kind of I want to earn from it, if you like, um, how much I did earn in the end. Do you know what I mean? And, and it yeah, may yeah. be that the clients come out and had a, a long old chat about something. And, and you expect that. You know that's going to happen. And, yeah. But sometimes you, it becomes a pattern where they come out. Yeah. So I've got some clients that I literally walk the long way around the house and try not to make eye contact because – I know I'm going to be there forever chatting. Yeah. Um, so, so I track everything. Uh, and, and I guess that's how I'd work out the pricing of things. So quite often I'd turn up to a house, I'd measure it. I kind of sketch it. And then I have a think about all my previous clients. And I think, is this, is this any like anyone's lawn that I've already done? Um, and for instance, I'll give you another example. Um, the client who I was at today, their lawn was 700 square meters, but that was 700 square meters split into one, two, three, four, five, six lawns. Well, okay. Now that takes me three hours to mow every single time, whether that's winter, summer, spring, autumn, you would expect spring and autumn growth for it to take longer because you're emptying the box more. And, and maybe there's a slight fluctuation there, but it takes me the same amount of time. And that is because it's, it's 
so many different lawns, edging time is always the same. Whether the grass is long or short, you still have to walk the perimeter of the lawn. Yeah. And, you know, depending quite how it is, you might, you know, flat cut it and then turn it and then edge it and use it, you know, to, 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 to define, the, define the edges. Yeah. Um, whereas if you have just, say, a big rectangle, which would be the ideal, you know, and you're just going straight up and up down. Up and down, yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you've only kind of, you've not quite got so much edging. So of this three-hour lawn, one hour of it is solid edging. And that one hour will be, as I say, it could be just a tiny little bit of growth in the summer. It will still take an hour because it's physically how far you actually have to walk. Um, so that's, you know, that's just one way of, you know, because I've tracked it, I track the time and stuff. I know that if I then go to another house and it's 500 square meters, but it's split over again, five or six lawns, it will not be the same as a f- one rectangle lawn that's 500 square meters. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's key actually, because I mean, I've done it myself. I, in the, in the beginning, I'd done similar sort of thing, but I tried to go, you know, you always try and find uh, what makes quoting easier or what can make it, you know, mm. you might be faster to that number. Cause look, there's nothing worse than when you're standing there and a, and a customer's going, well, how much is this going to cost me? Yeah, no, yeah. but and you're like, oh well, I'll go back. I'll look at some figures. And I'll get back, and they go, yeah, yeah, but you know, how how much roughly is it going to cost? And they try and get this number out of you, and yeah. you know, so I would always in the beginning, I was trying to uh, come up with price points. <clears throat> you know, let's say, you know, up to seventy five meters squared would be air priced, and seventy five to two hundred would be yeah, what, whatever you're going to be doing, you know. And um, I, I very quickly found that that doesn't work. You know, I mean, it does. I mean, you're going to make money there's no question about it but yeah yeah it, it's not as effective as like what you're going into now you're absolutely right i've talked about it before numerous amount of times that my smallest lawn on record um it's 25 pound a visit and it's the lawn is maybe 25 meter squared in total you know but mm-hmm. it's but 25 i wouldn't tip up to a property unless it's 25 pound you know and all, all, all my clients know that but I've got to park around the corner to that property because it's on a busy, yeah. a busy road with double yellows. So although it takes the cutting takes me, you know, I'm talking probably a few minutes, you know, but it takes longer to pull mm. the mower out and start it Yeah, off. of course. But, of um, course. you know. And, and sometimes it, you just say, look, this is what it is. It's yeah. probably too much, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, and I und- and I understand that, but we have business costs and that's it. And quite often the client will understand that and, you know, it's uh, it's it's one of those things that it's sometimes it's it's just too much for the for the smaller such a small area. Yeah, absolutely. It's all these external factors. I think is a good way to put it that mm. um, that you need to look into. And if you're not aware of them yet, then and another thing I always say is you know reach out to you know almost anyone on Instagram or wherever you're seeing people do this sort of trade because without conversations like this. These are things that you can't really, you can't just read somewhere and go, you know, you need to listen to experiences and how other people have done them for a lot of years and learn from hopefully their mistakes, you know, so you don't make them as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, but no, I think that's a great tip for uh, pricing up work. So I think loads of people will take good benefit from that. Uh, if I was going to ask you just the last couple of questions here, what are going to be probably the quickest two? And the first one being, what's the biggest mistake you've made 
through, you know, it doesn't just have to be lawn care. Something when you're doing a service, you know, some form of gardening, what's the biggest mistake? Um, I think I, I have made some notes on this. <laughs> okay, so, 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 yeah, I would say it's, it's a difficult one to, to say, but it's kind of, there's this thing about in business that every decision you should make should be for the next, in the next five years. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I started, and it's kind of counterintuitive because what I wanted to do when I, when I created the, the lawn guy was to make money right there and then, and I didn't care about anything else. Yeah. Um, and it was all about, I've got 18 months to make as much money as I can, and I need people to invest in, in me because people aren't going to invest in a no-name company, some, just some brand. But I am Dave Warner. I've been a greenkeeper for 18 years. I've got 18 years worth of experience. Yeah. That's what I need you to invest in if you're going to employ me. Because if I'm just some faceless, and I, if I'm just some faceless company, I could be anybody. No one cares. But if I could sell myself with that experience, so that's why I was the lawn guy. Um, when I had the logo made, um the guy made i asked for two logos one which was just a basic logo and then one which had contact details on the designer made it and he put the web address within the contact details and then he had the phone number somewhere else right. and and i said ah you're, you're alienating like old folk who don't use internet you know <laughs> they want a phone number and and i think on that day in that moment i was right i truly believe it but going forwards i was completely wrong Going yeah. forwards, I don't think anyone sees a van and writes down a number. They yeah. see the company name and they go, I'll Google that when I'm home. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you, so my van doesn't have a phone number on it. It has the web address, but actually no one's, looking, no one's even looking at the web address. No. They're looking, they see the words, the lawn guy, they recognize the, or, or they remember the picture. Then they go to Google, they put in lawn guy, they see the picture because they visually remember it and they go, that's the fella. No, you're, and, com you're completely right in that, yeah. And I think had I been making a business for now, I would have gone about it a lot differently. One of the biggest problems I have now is when it, I've sort of flirted and dabbled with bringing in staff. Right. But the problem is, is everyone is invested in me. Everyone's like, yeah, that's great, but you've still got to do my lawn. Right. Okay. And so they're like, it's almost like a con. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, we understand you're going to go on holiday and stuff like that. But when it when it's your assistant who keeps turning up and stuff like that, that's when, you know, we're not going to be that happy. Wow. So what do you do? I don't want to change the name. So what I've done is I've gone through the website and I've changed all I and me's to we and us. Um in the videos, in the photos, um, I've got a couple of people who sort of help me. So I try to make sure they're in the photos and they're in the videos as much as possible. And really kind of like try to state the fact that the lawn guy is, it is me. I am the lawn guy. And what happens to your lawn will be what I, the plan I come up with. But I am assisted by other people. Yeah. And and I think that's been the hardest thing to kind of get past. Um, so when I do quotes now, 
I kind of explain that, you know, it might be someone else mowing the lawn, but don't worry, you know, all the fertilizer that's put down is will be the stuff that I've decided is right for your lawn yeah. because I'm the one with the experience. Um, so I guess that's my biggest mistake, but am I, am I, you know, I kind of don't begrudge doing the, the way it did because it worked. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I went in there knowing that I was making this error, but at the time you only know what you know. And at the time I wasn't trying to create a, a career. Yeah. I was no, just trying to create a deposit. You're just trying to get that money through. And it, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's a way that I've never actually thought about it is like you say, when you get yourself so reputable and when people, like we always say, like you need to have some form of human side, you know, you need to be able to still talk to your client if the, you know, you can't just be rude or not professional. Yeah. But in doing so, the opposite, you know, being very professional and, you know, having certain key traits that, you know, your customer buys in, into you for, mm. you are almost cutting off, you're cutting off a limb really, aren't you? The, the fact of other people coming in, I suppose, maybe just within time of building that trust of then you being a team. Yeah then it can only then go on and hopefully be better things. But it's just a way I've never thought about it. I've never thought about doing so good, the fact that doing everything you can and then people are only wanting you. I've always just thought of it as, you know, when you get to 100 clients, you can pass, you know, 30 off to your assistant and do, you know, the second yeah. month. I guess, but, it, you know, it's, it's different. It's different when you've got someone who's with you and they're turning up to a job with you. Yeah. Um. But when they start turning up on their own or, you know, I guess in my dream, in, in my sort of dream setup, I'd have two guys as a mowing crew. I'd do the lawn care. Then when um, when a, one of the guys isn't there for whatever reason, illness, holiday, whatever it may be, you know, I can just jump onto the mowing crew for that day. Yeah. And then because, you know, ultimately lawn care, springtime lawn care, if it's done on the Monday or the Tuesday, it doesn't matter as long as it's sort of done in the, you know, as long as it's done in the springtime in that season um, yeah you know obviously if you keep you know, if it keeps happening and you keep having to cancel people client the same clients over and over again they're obviously not going to stand for that but you know it gets you out of a hole doesn't it um yeah. but it's it's kind of taking that first step but it's trying to get people on and realize that it's not always going to be me yeah no absolutely and like i've almost been into what you're talking about dabbling with yeah is almost what and I'm sure anyone else that's doing this part-time or thinking about doing it part-time will face. And the way I thought about it was because I still work full-time Monday to Friday and, mm. you know, it's either evenings, long weekends, normal weekends or holiday where I put in all, all of my business. I thought about if I build it to a point of, you know, let's just put a number on it, let's say 50 clients, then I could pass, you know, an X amount of them off to, said second man who would have to go by himself because I would be in full-time work, you know, while number yeah. two is out there yeah. earning me money sort of thing. Mm. And that's the only way that I would be able to progress forward in the next 18 months, roughly while I'm still in the military. Yeah. That's the only way forward. If I was to bring someone on, it wouldn't well, be viable. Sort of, you that's know? kind of how I thought when I was at the golf club, you know, all this work was coming in, you know, I'd be on a fairway mower for eight hours and my phone's going absolutely mental. And I'd be yeah. like, I could have someone out there doing it. Yeah. But how do I check they're doing it right? That's it. That's a if there's a point. problem. If there's a problem, what do I do? 
nothing. I just have to wait until until I finish work and then go sort it off. out. Yeah, yeah it, it's 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 really a conversation that I think um, until you start having that conversation and actually thinking about it properly, th- there's so many ifs and buts mm. that I don't think you can be guy unless it's someone you know you've worked with a long time or you know yeah. let's say it was you know greenkeeper staff that you you had worked personally with. Well, that was I mean that was always the way it was at the start. You know you you'd, you'd finish the end of the day and then you'd say to the lads, right, okay, we've got I've got five lawns that need cutting. Who wants who wants to come? Yeah. You know, and then inevitably, inevitably someone bundle in the van and life was great. But then yeah. when you get full time and then all of a sudden you're, you're somewhere and you're, then you're phoning them going, right, uh, I'm over at such and such a place. Do you know where that is? And they're like, no. And it's like, you, and then all of a sudden you waste so much time trying to give them directions or whatever it may be. And then inevitably they turn up, you have a chat and then it's like, right, okay. You show them what they need to do. And of course that's just eating into the time that you have left to get the jobs done. Yeah. So it just kind of didn't work out, but uh, you know, it was easy when they're in the van because you could ex- talk them through it and explain to it them what's on the going way on, there. what on the on your way there exactly. Yeah, it shows many. I, I feel like uh, through this, there's so many topics like that that we're touching on that there's mm. more to speak about. But um, I'm afraid that because of time, we're going to have to cut it through. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, de- yeah. definitely, um, the last question I want to quickly ask you before you yeah. go is: How can people find you? online you can find <laughs> me um instagram is at the underscore lawn guy one word and youtube is the lawn guy happy days and for anyone that happy isn't day. following you you're over 5k subscribers currently aren't you and you've got bags of videos on there with all can sorts I, of can i there. can i use your your um platform to 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 ask something on behalf of all youtubers absolutely okay when you put videos out it takes hours to do it and the reward you get or or youtube rewards you by people liking and people commenting and that's how the algorithm works and youtube go oh wow it's got a lot of likes great i'm going to show more people more people see it you get more likes and and if you you see a video and you think it's helpful give it a like and comment because that's brilliant but what i've noticed is people will watch a youtube video and then go over to instagram and thank me for it or or comment on it <laughs> right yeah i know what you mean and i'm just like thanks that's really helpful I really appreciate it. Sorry, but it's not very helpful. If you, if, you know, if, if, if you want to say great video, whatever, or, or bad video, say what you want. It doesn't matter. But just do it on the same platform. Do it on YouTube. Yeah. 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 No, um, I'll, I'll, it happens I'll every, that, yeah. every, every video I put out, it happens. And every time it makes me laugh because <laughs> it's just like, I really appreciate the message. I really, really do. But if you could have just put it on the video you saw, that would have helped me. Yeah. And that's it. And like like you said, there, it takes hours. You know, the 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 time it takes to move, take a camera around with you for the day or for whatever you're doing, film it, edit it. You know, watch it over yourself numerous times probably before you post it. Like it isn't a mm. two minute job. And like you say, until things are bigger, you you really don't get rewarded much by you know no no one's admit well people are millionaires off YouTube, but as far as I'm aware, no loan people are millionaires off youtube so 
by liking it and like you say, by commenting, it does help a lot. And like you say, all it does is push yeah. it more people. Um, definitely. And it's and, probably this. And, and before you go, there was a load of things that we were going to discuss. And the main topic of this, we haven't even touched on, but fair enough. It's, it's for another day, but uh, we can discuss on that. But I've also made some other topics that maybe are a future, a future podcast. Um, yeah. I guess let Sam know if you're interested, but other topics I've got are ghosts, swingers, Naughty photos, <laughs> car crashes, celebrities, and uh, there's a few other things. So this um, is all your other, all, other listing all, material. These, these, um, I don't know if you're you were around, but you had Greg Greg Chisholm, Geek to Freak. You may have heard of him. He used I've to do videos called Yeah, he used to do videos called War Stories. These are my war stories. Okay, so right. uh, maybe we can have do another podcast and uh, and discuss those. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, honestly, David, it's been awesome having you on um one thing i love about doing these things is that everyone that comes on has a different personality and it brings a different rhythm to the podcasts and yeah. um I, I really felt that with this one as well otherwise for everyone that listens to my podcast normally it's just me yapping on so thank you very much for coming on and just like speaking about everything how it is uh, i think it all it can do is open up to other people about the the very real situations and experiences and everything so on a serious note, I do want to just thank you for coming on. It, you know, it is very much appreciated. No problem. I mean, it's just a relief I didn't swear, but you know, <laughs> I, I was it's expecting that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, thank you very much for coming on again, mate. And um, yeah, we'll definitely have another one or two. Well, just more podcasts together, and you know, I'm yeah. happy to, exp- you know, go through anything else. Uh, maybe not the swingers part. That's a bit close to home. But anything else, <laughs> mate? <laughs> anything else? No, definitely have you on. No problem. Excellent. Right then, everyone. So that is our interview there with Dave Warner, and that was episode number five, uh, 35. It's just always great pushing this sort of stuff out. And as we touched on at the very end there about liking and commenting and subscribing, that all goes a massively long way. So if you are enjoying these podcast episodes, then please follow it at the top, share it with your friends, whatever it might be. And also follow Dave on them links that he's put through at the bottom there uh, at the very end. It goes a massive way and like i say through the time it takes to put these sort of things together you know just by liking a video or whatever it might be just it lets us know that we're putting out stuff that you actually want to hear so anyway i'm glad that you've all joined us on this episode we're going to push this out over the next sort of three four weeks continue with the interviews so there's a lot more to come but thanks for joining us i hope you have a great weekend enjoy the week ahead and we'll see you next week